You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. It's good to have you all here today. If you uh, missed our Ninja Warrior weekend, that was last weekend, had so much fun, a lot of uh, just incredible time. Uh, Josh Federoff, who does a lot of our videos and shoots them, uh, we put him in a little lawn chair with uh, uh, inflatable uh, balloons that he was flying overhead. That's how we got those really cool shots. Thankful that he came down safely. So glad you're okay, Josh. Just joking. Uh, so uh, my name's Nick. I'm the lead pastor here. If you uh, are new to uh, Calvary, and we're just blessed to have you with us and uh, excited about what God is doing. And um, I wanna share a message with you today that has been really just burning my heart and I'm excited to see what God has in store. And if you're, uh, this is your first time here, or maybe your first time watching online, and you wouldn't necessarily consider yourself a follower of Jesus. Today I wanna take a look at a misconception people often have about following Jesus. Maybe you've heard uh, some of this before. Most people think that when you start following Jesus, like you're magically given this easy button. Uh, and life gets smoother, it gets easier, and all of your problems just seem to magically disappear, work themselves out. Uh, the, the reality uh, of this idea, though, is the opposite actually usually is what usually happens. In, in fact, if you read a lot of the stories contained in this book that we call the Bible, the men and women who did incredible things uh, in faith, oftentimes their lives were pretty difficult. They faced a lot of obstacles. Uh, they, they, they were trying to work it out. It didn't, it didn't always go well. In fact, many of the times, right after they commit themselves to God, things got much, much worse very quickly. And while knowing God is a plan for your life, knowing that God doesn't abandon you and that he walks through the trials with you, while that can provide comfort and encouragement and context for what we walk through, it's still really, really difficult. And the question you might be wondering when you hear that or when you've faced trials or situations like this is this, why? Why is this happening? Why do things get so much more difficult when I start following Jesus than they were before I was following Jesus? Or or why do things always seem to get worse right before God's about to do something special, something unique in your life? It seems like things should get better, not worse, right? Like it, it should be doing the opposite. Like right before you go on a missions trip, I guarantee you, you'll be given every reason why you shouldn't go. Things will get really, really tough in your marriage or in your job or in your relationships or right before you're about to step out and pursue something God put on your heart to do. Whether it's stepping out to pray for a friend at work or give that money that God's put on your heart to give or stretching yourself to have a conversation about faith with your neighbor, like right before that's supposed to happen, things get really complicated. Things get really hard. Why does that happen? I don't know if you've ever noticed that pattern in your life. I've seen it happen many, many times. Why does it always seem to happen right after you do something or you take a step of faith? Why do things get so much more difficult? Well, there's this component of our lives uh, and and our our existence that we often misunderstand and sometimes we're not even aware is at work. It's what we might call the spiritual realm. You see, we live in a physical realm where you can see, measure, and identify things. And, and there's, uh, there's, there's this spiritual realm, though, that's at work all around us. Now, before you get too weirded out here, I'm not talking about the matrix. I'm not talking about some, you know, underworld alien thing. I, I'm, I'm talking about something we see mentioned in Scripture, 
which is that we live in the physical, but there is real, genuine battles happening often in the spiritual world all around us. What that means is angels are real, demons are real, Satan is real, but Jesus is also real. And when we miss that there are battles happening in the spiritual realm, fighting for our attention, fighting for our commitment, fighting sometimes for our very souls, what we are experiencing or observing in the physical doesn't seem to add up. It's like we're trying to solve a math problem, but we're missing some of the components and we can't seem to identify the solution. In his letter to the Ephesian church, the Apostle Paul is writing uh, the, the pastor of that church, Timothy, and his congregation, encouraging them in their faith, in their journey of faith. And he makes this statement about the spiritual struggles that we face. It's found in, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, in verse 12. Here's what he said. He said, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I want to stop there for a second so we can kind of let that set in. Our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. Man, our world struggles with flesh and blood. Our struggle, what that means is our struggle isn't against the people. And he goes on. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. So what's he saying? You know, we'll dive more into that verse, uh, in verse 12 there, and more next Sunday. Um, but, but as we start this series that we're calling Suit Up, um, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about how we can prepare ourselves, not simply for a physical battle or struggle, but how we can position ourselves to be victorious in the battle against the spiritual forces that are at work in our world. And, and before you get too far ahead of me, we don't need to be looking under every rock or for, for demons or, or worry about uh, everything being just another attack of Satan. While the spiritual forces in our world are very real, we don't have to fear them because we possess something that's even greater. And, and I wanna pause here for a second because there are a lot of, in church circles, kind of a, a push to like identify every demon and talk to the demons and, and do all of this stuff and, and, and give Satan credit, more credit than he probably is due. Uh, let me say this, we don't need to fear that and we don't need to shrink back because we have a greater force that's in us. But number two, uh, don't give Satan more credit than he needs, okay? Uh, sometimes, and I mean this in the most loving way, sometimes it was just your mistake, you know, sometimes we just make mistakes. Not, the enemy's not coming against you, you know. You know that, that, that moment where you uh, uh, wrecked your car because you were trying to do five things at once and you're like, Satan's coming after me. No, you just weren't paying attention. It's, it's that simple, okay? Or, or you, know, you know the time where you went on this big spending spree and you like blew $2,000 and now you don't have money for your electric bill and you're like, man, Satan's on the attack. No, you just overspent, like, don't give Satan more credit than he's due, okay? Uh, that's just like, that's a bonus. So take that for whatever it's worth. Now, I wanna be upfront with you. There is nothing that you can do uh, on your own to bring about a victory in our battle and against the forces of this dark world. It doesn't matter how perfect you try to be, how disciplined your words are, or or how faithfully you work to follow Jesus. The victory we are striving for isn't based solely on what we do, but, but what has already been accomplished by Jesus on the cross. And that victory has equipped us with the tools to withstand the difficulties, the attacks, and to even go on the offense against them. 
In these few verses in the book of Ephesians, we are given some incredibly rich wisdom and insight that we're going to walk through over these next few weeks that uh, I hope will be a benefit to you. Uh, over these next weeks, we're gonna dive deep into just four specific verses in Ephesians 6. We're not uh, veering much off of that. We're going to dissect them and look at how we can apply what Paul talks about in our current context because every victory in our lives demands that we are both aware of the adversaries we're battling against as well as be confident in the tools that Jesus has given us to walk in victory. So next week, we're gonna be looking at Ephesians 6, 12 and the importance of knowing our enemy. The following week, the following week we'll be looking at Ephesians 6, 13 and the importance of taking a stand. Today, though, we wanna look at the first two verses in this passage. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11 and the importance of finding our strength. You see, our natural tendency is to fight battles against flesh and blood and to fight them in ways that we're familiar with. Maybe, maybe it's with our words. <clears throat> I mean, just go on any social media platform and you can see all the people uh, with their words debating, attacking, trying to prove their point. Uh, they're attacking each other verbally. Uh, that, it happens. Or, or people will unload a tirade of verbal attacks on someone that cut them off in traffic or does something they're not happy with or, 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 or in other ways irritating them. The weapon of our words is so clearly evident in our world today. Then there's the weapon of our physical strength. Maybe you were taught growing up that you fight things out with your fists. Maybe that's your kind of approach. Or, or maybe the physical battle you fight isn't with your fists, but you've been taught, you've bought into this idea that everything can be achieved or every battle can be won simply by working a little harder. So, so you put in a few extra hours at work. You, you, you commit yourself a little bit more to your job. You're dedicated, you're committed to getting things done, to achieving the goals you have. And, and, and hear me out, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, uh, it says this, that there is profit in hard work. But what if the battles we're facing, what if the struggles we work through and the tactics we're using were never meant to bring about the ultimate victory that we're hoping for? And, and this is why we want to look at these verses in, in, in Ephesians. So we can be aware of the tolls available to us and the source of those tolls as we face these battles. Here's where we want to start. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. Here's what it says. It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, to understand what's being said here, you have to first understand the context it's being said in. Now, if you're not familiar with reading the Bible, uh, what, what some people often do is they cherry pick verses. So what I mean is like they take a verse uh, that they say, oh man, that looks really cool. And then they make it say whatever they want it to say because they took it out of context. You know, have you ever had that happen with your kids? You know, you say something and they take you out of context and they're like, you said you could do this. I'm like, but you didn't listen to the rest of what I said, Right? Um, and people do that with the Bible. The, one of the greatest ways to understand what Scripture says and what it's saying is to understand it in context. So, <clears throat> in, in context. So, verse 10 opens with this word, finally, which implies that there is something significant that preceded it. Finally is like a closing statement, right? So, so what, what precedes this verse are the previous five and a half chapters of Ephesians. In those chapters, Paul talks about a number of things. In chapter 1, <clears throat> Paul talks about what we possess in Christ. In, in chapter two and three, 
our position in Christ. In other words, uh, the authority that we walk in. And in, in the beginning of chapter four, Paul talks about our calling to unity. Uh, the end of chapter four into chapter five, our calling to purity. And then he, he wraps this up, end of chapter five into chapter six, talking about our calling to healthy relationships. And after writing those, really about those important pursuits and kind of uh, give context for our, our, our journey of faith, Paul launches into this teaching about one of the most difficult obstacles anyone will face when they're striving to live in unity or to live in purity, to, to, to live out healthy relationships. It's battling the spiritual forces of this world. And I think it's so fascinating that right before Paul starts talking and writing about spiritual warfare and the battles we face, the last thing he talks about are relationships. Because aren't those some of the most difficult parts of, of following Jesus or the relationships we have with each other? So, so let's look, take a look at these two verses and, and really narrow in on what we're reading. Kind of zoom in, go deep, Take a deeper view of what Paul is writing. So here's what he opens with. Verse 10. Finally, he says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So so we see right out of the gate that even in the face of overwhelming spiritual forces that we can actually be strong. In in fact, God's intent for his children, for those following Jesus, isn't that we'd be weak, paralyzed by fear or shrinking back to every demonic or spiritual threat. I've, I've heard entire teachings, even entire books that have been written on how we need to know this or know that about demons or the demonic, like it's something that we should be afraid of. But the, the demonic is very real, but Paul says that we don't have to shrink back in fear, but we can be strong. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're strong. Can you do that? And then turn to your other neighbor and say, you're stronger than that other person. Sorry, I just started, you know, major argument in the household. You can, you can like battle it out over tacos at Taco Bell and see who can eat more afterwards, okay? That's how you break those ties. What's really important to take note of in this verse is where our strength comes from. First of all, it's important to know, like, we are called to be strong, but where does it come from? We, we are taught in our world that our strength comes from within, that, that we have uh, this strong, resilient human spirit that can combat whatever comes its way. That's what we're taught. But, but in this verse, we're seeing that's not the case. It says, finally be strong in the Lord, and listen to this, and in his mighty power. So the question is, who is this his? The his is God. We are to be strong in God's mighty power. And we'll come back to this in a minute, but, but Paul would write later in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 about a struggle or an attack that he was facing. And, and this mighty man of God shares this really interesting thing about how he was facing adversity. Here's what he said in verse 8 of 2 Corinthians 12. He said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. So whatever was coming, we don't know what it was, whatever the attack was, whatever he was facing. Like he's begging God three times, God, God, would you take it away from me? Maybe you've been there before, you're on your knees, you're crying out to God for him to take something from you. Not, not, not something good, but something bad, something difficult. Maybe it's uh, a struggle that you face, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's a financial problem. You're, you're crying out to God and, and you're asking him to take it away from you. Here's what Paul said. But he said to me, speaking of God, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Like, that sounds so crazy. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. 
That is why for Christ's sake, listen to this. He said, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I wanna say that again, that verse, those verses again real quick. He said, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. How many of you delight in weaknesses, in insults? Like, God bless that person for cursing me out. Man, I feel so much better that my boss just like laid into me for about 30 minutes. My spirit is strengthened as I walked out of that room. Like, we don't say that, right? We don't do that. We're not happy. We're not thrilled. Like, man, I was having a great day. And when they told me my transmission is shot and this car is gonna cost me $3,000 and it's only worth $500, but I need it, I felt great. I was on like a spiritual high. Like that was the best I've felt all week. Like we don't say those things. This is what Paul's saying. How is that possible? What he recognized was this perspective shift. That our strength, the ultimate strength that we need isn't found in me. It's not this inner strength that I just, this force that I just kind of conjure up. Paul was saying when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Why? Because in my weakness, God's strength can step in. And his strength can't step in when we feel like we're strong. It's in that humility and that recognition that we find strength. You see, we should be strong, but it's not in our power. It's in the power of an almighty God. Then Paul goes on to explain how we can have this strength. Here's what he said in verse 11. He said, put on the full armor of God. You know, these verses are the favorite verses of most middle school boys. I mean, it doesn't get better. You're talking about the armor of God. I mean, we're gonna put like weapons on. This is the best thing ever. Uh, for those of you, you know, throwback, this is like American gladiators in the Bible. Um, this is what Paul's saying, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, uh, he's not actually physically talking about an armor of God. He's kind of using an analogy here. Uh, but the form of, of the, the, the Greek imperative, the word there that's used where it says put on the full armor of God is, is this Greek word uh, panoplian. Now panoplian literally means to put on, to take responsibility for, to, to, to say uh, this is my thing, to take ownership of. So, so this isn't a command to simply rest in what Jesus has done, but to act in accordance with what Jesus has done. In other words, uh, the armor that brings about victory has been made possible because of the cross, but we are still responsible to put on the armor. Like, that's a responsibility God has given us. We don't just rest in that, but we have an action. So, so what does putting on the armor mean? Well, uh, a few verses later in verses 14 through 17, we're kind of given a, a description of what the armor looks like and, and, and what those components are. And, and most believe that Paul used this analogy because he was chained to a Roman soldier while he's writing this. And, and what better analogy to use than what's sitting right next to you, right? And so he's describing the armor of God uh, using this Roman soldier's armor as kind of a model or a guide. And, and in a couple of weeks, we'll walk through more, uh, more specifically what those verses mean. But before we talk about what the armor is, it's important to circle back to this, to this first verse and address where the armor comes from, like where the strength or power come from. And, and our answer would be, of course, it comes from God, right? Um, at the end of the passage, uh, uh, this passage on the armor of God, Paul, though, makes this really weird statement. Seems out of nowhere. And, and anytime you're reading the Bible and you're reading through scripture and you're like, man, that doesn't seem to fit. 
Like, why does that person say that? Or why, why is that verse in there? Usually, when that happens, what you want to do is stop. Don't just be like, well, I guess it's just random. It's not random. Every word in, God's, in the Bible is, is intentional. So you want to ask, what's it there for? Okay? And, and so at the end of this kind of whole teaching, this whole writing Paul does on, on the armor of God, uh, Paul writes this really interesting thing in verse 18. Here's, here's what he said uh, in Ephesians 6, 18. Let me get to it here. He said this. He said, uh, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And, and it seems weird. Like, he's talking about putting on the full armor of God, and then he says, like, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And, like, what does that have to do with anything? Why would he say that? And, and here's why I believe. Because the source of, our, of this strength that we can have in the face of spiritual attacks or spiritual forces isn't from knowing that God is simply for us, but it's being filled with the superior, all-powerful Spirit of God. You see, our ability to face spiritual attacks, to overcome the obstacles put in our path, won't be based on what we simply do physically. The greatest force to combat the devil's evil schemes isn't our physical disciplines, but what those disciplines connect us to, which is the powerful Holy Spirit. Paul wrote to the Roman church about the power of the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter eight, verse 11, here's what Paul wrote. He said, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Can you say living in you? If the spirit of God that raised Christ from the dead, like that was pretty remarkable. Like the whole scripture is built on Christ's resurrection. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you, wow, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Like that spirit can live in you. So, so coming back to where we started, here's what Paul said. He said, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So, so what does this all mean? Well, what does this mean? Uh, the spirit of God empowers us. How does this work? First, first we have to identify the devil's schemes for what they are. If we're gonna overcome what, what's happening in the spiritual realm, we have to first identify what the devil's schemes are. They're schemes. They're not pronouncements over our lives. They're simply schemes. Satan does not dictate our destiny or our future. All he can do is distract us from it. If you're frightened or worried, he can't dictate your future. All he can do is get your eyes off the prize. He can get your eyes off of the destiny that God created you for. Beyond that, these are the devil's schemes. And this is important to recognize. They are not your wife's schemes. They are not your boss's schemes. They are not the world at large out to get you schemes. They are the devil's schemes. When everything seems to go wrong, right before you're about to take a big step of faith, the world isn't coming after you, Satan is. Call it for what it is. Because you can't address an enemy that you're not willing to identify. And if you can't call it for what it is, you'll never be able to overcome it. You'll be fighting the wrong things. You're fighting with your spouse. You're fighting with your boss. You're fighting with your coworkers. You're fighting your bank account. You're fighting all of the wrong things. Identify it for what it is. There is Satan's evil schemes. The second thing that's important, not just identifying what, what, what the schemes are, what, what is attacking you, but two, Know the source of your strength. 
We seek strength from so many places instead of the ultimate source. When things don't go your way, when difficulties come, we often try to find strength and achievement. So we try to work a little harder to overcome the attacks. We, we try to find strength in the recognition of others. So we, we post all over social media trying to find the affirmation of other people. We, we try to find strength in the stuff we own. So we go further and further and further into debt just so that we can look like we have status. These are not the sources of the strength that ultimately overcomes the devil's evil schemes. The source has always been and will always be the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Jesus himself said this in Acts chapter one, verse eight, to his disciples. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You don't receive power before, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Before you get all the books out there where you try to learn how you're supposed to speak to demons, before you try to learn all the ways you're supposed to cast out demons, don't waste your time. The most important, beneficial thing you can do to combat the spiritual forces in our world that are constantly trying to unravel the work of God in your life. The most important thing you can do is to cultivate the work of the Holy Spirit in your, in your heart, in your life. What that means practically is to create space in your life, margin in your life for the Holy Spirit to fill you and to constantly fill you. In Acts chapter two, Jesus had challenged his disciples to wait in an upper room in downtown Jerusalem for this helper, the Greek word is literally parakletos, which, which means a helper or, or a paraclete. And, and, and a paraclete in Greek culture was like a, 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 a lawyer who came and advocated on behalf of that family. The Holy Spirit is a helper that, that God has given, the third person of the Trinity, to empower us to overcome what we can't overcome on our own. And as this group of people gathered in this upstairs room in downtown Jerusalem, they waited for the Holy Spirit. And this remarkable moment took place as the Holy Spirit would descend on them in power. And, and God gave them this sign that they had received this filling of the Holy Spirit, the source of the power of God, which was a prayer language. They began to pray, not simply in their own words, but, but with the words of God in a language they didn't even know. And, 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 and the goal of a prayer language isn't a goal, it's just a sign. The goal is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what God longs for each and every one of us in our lives. It's what we are equipped to do, that God can equip us through his Holy Spirit to face the attacks that come our way, not by fighting against flesh and blood, which we are so likely to do, but by identifying the obstacles simply as the devil's schemes and realizing the source of, of the strength that we need, which is the Holy Spirit. And, and today, you know, we're not going to have a formal dismissal. It's, we got a little bit of time here. We're not rushing. We have busy schedules. Things are getting, picking up. You know, school's gonna be starting soon and Steeler season and, you know, everything's over then. Let's create some margin here. We have some space to cultivate the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to see, you know, our world is in a difficult place. Our world's, uh, you know, on a, a fast trajectory toward destruction. I'm not saying that as a naysayer. It's, it's been on that way since the beginning. Like, that's just how things work, right? It's not because of this or that. It's just, it's, it's the unraveling of the world that the Bible said was going to happen. And, and as we try to follow Jesus, how do we, how do we safe-proof our life in the midst of so much uncertainty and difficulty and struggle? 
It's to recognize what we're actually fighting against and what we're not fighting against. And it's to recognize the source of the strength that we need. It's the Holy Spirit. The filling of the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest things that you can experience to overcome what you're facing. Why? Because you have the, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living in you. That's what Romans 8 said. And today, what we're gonna do is we're gonna just have a, a, an extended time of just pursuing God together. Not rushing off, but, but just pursuing God together. Say, you know what? We're creating this space where we can say, Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, empower us. Holy Spirit, this is a place that you are welcome. And this is a place that you are welcome. We don't need more head knowledge. We need more of his spirit in our lives. Because we can know it all. That doesn't do any good. We need to have God working through us because what Paul said, when we are weak, then he is strong. And we need him to be strong. And when we have him to be strong for us, there is no power in hell or on heaven There is no force. There is nothing that can come against you that will overcome you. Why? Because Paul writes in the book of Romans, earlier in chapter eight, he said, for we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We overcome because we have the power of God, the Holy Spirit working in us. So if you can stand with me this morning, we're gonna, the worship team's gonna lead us in some songs here. And we're not gonna have a formal dismissal, but we have time. We're not, we're not uh, right at the end of the service here. I want you to really just narrow in, focus in on what God is wanting to do in your life today. Don't worry about those around you or what's happening, your schedule, your calendar. Let's just focus in on these moments. God, what are you wanting to do in my life? Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Holy Spirit, would you move in my life? That you just be open to see what God might do. Not to be weird or freaky or odd, but simply for the Spirit of God the same God that created you and formed you and shaped you in your mother's womb, that the Spirit of God would fill you, saturate your life, give you wisdom, knowledge, guidance, authority, and power. Those are things that don't come from head knowledge. Those are things that come from the infilling of the Spirit of God. If you feel comfortable just putting your hands out, we just wanna pray and then we're gonna worship. I'm just gonna ask you to seek God together. God, we just come before you as broken people. God, we aren't perfect. Lord, we make mistakes. God, we've made mistakes today already. But God, we come before you as broken vessels. Broken vessels, Lord, that simply need more of you. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. Lord, the things you've been speaking to me as I've been preparing, this is your space to do them. God, in people's lives, marriages. God, the attacks that the enemy has been winning. God, today is a day of victory because of what you're going to do, what you're going to accomplish. God, fill us. Open the heavens over this place. Fill us as you did on that day in that upstairs room in Jerusalem with your disciples. Fill us, Lord, I pray. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Thank you, Lord. As the team leads us, I want to encourage you to continue to pursue him. Be open to what he is doing. Let the Spirit fill you this morning. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. 
We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 